The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello. My name is Alec Feldman. I do a radio show on Wizard Radio Station every Saturday afternoon from 3 to 5 p.m. UK time. And this is the podcast of that radio show. It's all the best bits without the music, maybe some of the rubbish bits as well, mainly just the whole show, minus the songs. Every week we're going to release it, so you can catch up on what's happened on the show this week. Just one thing to mention, I give out our contact details quite a lot throughout the course of the show, so you'll hear that on this podcast. But obviously, it's a podcast, it's pre-recorded. So if you do send in a message about something I'm talking about to the numbers I say... I mean, I'm not going to read it because it's already happened. It's in the past. It's pre-recorded and no one's going to see it anyway. But here's the worst bit. You might still get charged for it, depending on how you send it. And even if you don't get charged for it, it's still a waste of your time. It's a waste of my time. It's a waste of everybody's time. And so I just wouldn't bother. If you would like to join in with the show and send me your stories or play our games, then you can do that just by listening live every Saturday afternoon, 3 to 5 p.m. UK time on Wizard Radio Station. So that's that out of the way. All there is left to say now is enjoy the podcast, subscribe to it, and maybe leave a little review as well saying how great it is. Not if you don't like it, though. If you hate it, don't bother. Thank you very much. Here's the podcast. This is Wizard Radio, and you're listening to Alex Feldman. What? What do you mean it's Alex Feldman with a C? Oh, this is Wizard Radio, and you're listening to Alec with a C. Feldman. You might be listening today feeling quite sad because you didn't want to be listening today because you were supposed to be going to Boardmasters and then Boardmasters was cancelled because of the weather. If that's you, if you're feeling very sad, I have the perfect alternative for you. Yes, I know you could have been seeing Lewis Capaldi and Rudimental and Florence and the Machine, but who cares about Boardmasters when you could be going to Board Game Masters? That's right. You could see snakes and ladders being played. You could join in with giant operation. You could play real life guess who. And of course, on the main board game stage, Monopoly. So screw Lewis Capaldi. Screw Sam Fender. You don't need them. Board Game Masters is the place to be. Right, guys? Right? Guys? It's Saturday. It's three o'clock now, live from London. Alec Feldman. Wizard Radio, hi. I am Alec Feldman. Good afternoon, all. Alec Benjamin was the song you just heard. It was called Jesus in LA. And before that, Mabel and Mad Love. And how is everyone? This is a weekend in the summer. I feel like 
maybe last week kind of counts, but this is like we're in now. This is the summer. I feel like at the moment the world is kind of my oyster. That sounds really naff, but you know what I mean? We're at a point in the year now where you can do whatever you want. You can chill with friends. You can go on holiday. So much free time. Kind of don't know what to do with it. Kind of enjoying it. It's a very special, <laughs> special time of year for all involved. So I hope you are having a good one this afternoon. Thanks for having us on. My name is Alec. Uh, this is my radio show. We do this. We do this every week. And coming up this afternoon, I've been up to quite a bit this week that I want to tell you about, including a sophisticated dinner party that I have attended. That's right, me. I go to dinner parties now. What what a life I lead. Um, I need to tell you about that. Uh, I've also been revisiting some old fears. I've read about an inappropriate helter-skelter. Um, a cool thing I learned this week about translating jokes and also suing famous people. We're going to get on that no win, no fee hype after four o'clock as well. Plus, Connect Four is back as usual. Got another 60 second guide for you. And um, actually, a, a rather delicate matter to address because um, I've had some, some correspondence this week. It's not been entirely positive. Um, basically, some, some lawyers have been in touch. Um, we need to address this and we will, we will address this at about 3.45 this afternoon. So um, all of that is on the way before five o'clock. Thanks for having us on. Before we get to all that other stuff, we, we do a, a little thing I call This Week I Learned. This is where we, we take stock. We stop to think. We learn some life lessons that I have taken from my life. I share them with you. Kind of like a, a wiser, older brother kind of thing, maybe. I share my wisdom so you don't have to learn these lessons for you. Uh, so, This Week I Learned. Let's do it. This Week I Learned. Lesson number one of the week. This Week I Learned that being paid is complicated. I did quite a lot of work last month, which means I get money. Yay. People are paying me to do things. It's very exciting. It means I can then exchange that money for goods and services. It's it's all tremendously exciting. Um, and I, I got my first pay slip through for a very long time um, last week. And I was, I was looking at it. And it was actually surprisingly confusing it doesn't just say you've done this much work you can have this much money which is kind of what i thought it would look like but actually it was all very complicated there was there was stuff about about tax i don't know about tax there was stuff about national insurance there were deductions there were totals there were numbers i didn't know what they meant it was all very confusing i don't really understand what's going on it's all very complicated have they given me the right amount of money i don't know have they given me too much maybe have they not given me enough equally possible um, and I was sitting down looking at this for quite a while and it didn't really teach me anything other than I don't understand pay slips or the tax system. And I, I, I don't pay tax. I'm too young to pay tax. I shouldn't I shouldn't have to pay tax. I don't think I actually do, but it's all it's all very confusing. There were trips to the government website and all sorts. Basically, what I'm saying to you is being paid is not as joyful as you think it will be. This is a lesson I was very sad to learn. I thought it would be a great time. Money goes in, payslip comes along. You're like, brilliant, let's go buy stuff. But but no, there's actually quite a lot more to it. I wasn't prepared for this and it's it's very disappointing. So being paid is complicated, kids. This is what this is what we've learned so far. Lesson number two. This week I learned that I think 
I am destined for a life at sea. The sailor's life is a life I want to lead one day. What's inspired this sudden decision, you ask? Well, I went to Hyde Park uh, this week. Hyde Park in London, huge park. Got a massive lake, flat bang in the middle. And in this lake, you can hire pedalos. They're blue, they float as boats do. You can fit a few people in and you can hire them for, for a lot of money and pedal them around a lake for an hour. And it's lots of fun. And I had a great, great time. And I was sat on my pedalo with my friend and it should give it all up and become a pirate or a sailor or something. Buy a boat, buy a dinghy, buy one of those little wooden things with oars and 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 live my life at sea. It's, it's enjoyable, it's relaxing, it's chill. You, you pedal your boat, you look at trees and nature and ducks and stuff and it's quite fun. And next time, 100%, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to buy a, a captain's hat because that's what I was really lacking, I felt, on this occasion. Next time, I need a sailor's hat, one of those little things with like an anchor on the front, something just so I can feel the part. Because I think I did feel like the captain of this boat. There was okay, there was two of us on the boat. Yes, one of them, one of us actually had some kind of experience moving boats in water. But you know what? Screw that. I, I was really the captain, I feel. I mastered this boat. I was in charge of everything. I got to steer with a little handle. It's not that complicated. You can either go left or right. But I think that is what I should do one day. I want to be a sailor. I want a hat. I want to live my life at sea. Possibly. Mate, we'll see. And that was lesson number two. Lesson number three. This week I learned I can fit 13 grapes in my mouth at once. That's right. 13. Um, this was the same day as the sailing day, actually. I wasn't sailing on a pedalo. Not quite sailing. I was on the boat um, with some grapes. And I was like, I wonder how many of these I can get into my mouth at once. 13 is the answer before I felt like if I put one more in, bad things would happen. The person I was with, you won't believe this, 21, 21 grapes in their mouth they could fit in at once. I was amazed. I was very impressed. Don't home kids it's it's not big it's not smart but 13 being paid is complicated i should live my life at sea the sea life is good and i can fit 13 grapes in my mouth at once but that's actually not very many so educational you're so welcome um i'll tell you about my really sophisticated dinner party in a second first i want to play this from mahalia and burner boy it's simmer a track i thought was called sofa coming up soon it's actually called sophia if that's not a tease i don't know what it is um first so I am a newly sophisticated man, I think. Since we last spoke, I've taken on an extra level of elegance, of class, of sophistication. Because last night, everybody, I was invited to a dinner party. That's right. I went to a dinner party. Me, the the most cultured person in the world. Um, and I went to a, a very exciting dinner party in north north london um it was hosted in honor of a very good friend of mine who is is moving away for the year and so it's a little like get together with his some of his friends with his family members just say you know bye off you pop cheerio that kind of thing and um 
I didn't really know what to expect. I've never had sort of a food type gathering with this kind of mixture of company before because it was very, very intergenerational. There was there was someone there younger than me. One of his brothers was in like year, I think it's year nine or something. Um, he has another brother who's a fully functional adult with a job. Who, um, fun fact, if you want if you want a Wizard Radio connection, I think they're quite good friends with Wizard Radio's Benji Hire, who's on tomorrow morning. So there you go. Um, but then also his parents and some friends of their family and his grandma was there. This really was intergenerational, obviously me and him and another one of our friends who were our age. And so a very, very varied mix of people at this gathering, which kind of begs the question, what do what does a mixture of people like this discuss at the dinner table? Obviously, I didn't know. All I know about dinner parties is that they're, they're quite sophisticated in general distinguished maybe people talk about um issues like the economy or how best we can address the social care crisis what exciting books people have read recently i don't know all that kind of intellectual conversation so this is this is what i was wondering maybe maybe that's what we discuss i was concerned i haven't really read many exciting books recently that i could talk about and sound intellectual about nor do i have many thoughts really on on the state of the economy so um i didn't really know whether i'd fit in whether i'd have anything interesting to contribute turns out um not quite that kind of gathering not that kind of vibe not what i was expecting at all topics discussed were were quite a long way away from that they include whilst we're, we're tucking into some some very nice food um, gender reassignment surgery and, and what happens to to bits and pieces after they may or may not have been chopped off. Um, what teenage boys get up to when they're on camp. Apparently, you don't want to know. Dodgy teachers. Um, a breadboard that, get this right, is also functioning as a basket. You can like push the middle of the board down and it fans out into a basket. And um, weirdly enough, a topic that seemed to keep coming up on repeated occasions over the course of a few hours. Bearing in mind this was a, a wildly ranging group of people from the age of probably about 13 to 80, who knows. Um, lots of conversation about gay sex. Who would have thought, not the kind of thing I was expecting from this, this very sophisticated, distinguished dinner party that I got invited to last night, but what do you know? This is what the shattering classes talk about around the table apparently so i would 10 out of 10 go to that again i thought it was great incredible absolute scenes so if you are ever distinguished and sophisticated enough like i am to be invited to a dinner party don't worry about it you can talk about all sorts of stuff it's great that's that's what i can tell you coming up soon um this week i've revisited an old fear and it still got me. Still got me. I'll tell you exactly what it was after the track. It's not called Sofa. It's called Sophia. It's by Claro. It's Wizard Radio. The artist is Claro. The track is Sophia. And you're hearing it on Wizard Radio Station. My name is Alec Felvin. Hello, hello, hello. Here till five this afternoon. Next, I want to talk to you about fear. The emotion. The abstract concept. The thing that has more power over us than anything else. Maybe. I'm, I'm kind of making that up, but it sounds about right, doesn't it? Um, because when I was younger, 
a sort of staple weekend activity near where I live would be to go to a museum that's quite nearby. It's a museum filled with loads and loads of planes. It's it's called the RAF Museum, RAF like Royal Air Force. They fly, fly planes for the British Army. That's their job. And so they have a museum near my house where they keep loads of old planes and you can go and look at them and look inside and see some big planes and some small planes and loads of war history stuff. It's really interesting. And that was kind of a thing that we'd do quite a lot when I was growing up. Like you'd make plans with, with someone. You'd be like, oh, what should we do? Let's let's take the kids to the RAF museum. Or oh, nothing to do this weekend. Oh, what do you want to do? RAF museum? Yeah, why not? Bank holiday? Great idea. I feel like I saw a lot of this place in my childhood. People would have birthday parties there as well. So this was a real staple of my childhood, but I haven't been for years and years and years. You kind of forgot about it, went to it too much, oversaturation, I don't know. But it's been a long time since I went to the RAF Museum, until this week, when I returned for the first time in a very long time, probably over 10 years, I reckon. Uh, I made plans to see one of my friends. He was like, so what should we do? And I was like, I don't know, London is our oyster. Is there anything in particular? cultural significance that you'd like to see then he goes how about the RAF museum and I was like yeah okay sure let's go look at the planes in the museum so that is what we did and it wasn't entirely as I remember I think they made it a lot bigger there were stuff I saw there were things I saw there that I've never seen before but then we got back to the main building this is the bit I distinctly remember from my childhood and it suddenly hit me that I remember so vividly growing up when I'd visit this place, I would be really, really scared of this one aeroplane that was right as you went in. I remembered exactly where it was. You go in through the entrance. It's on the right, basically, as soon as you set your foot through the door. And it's it's just horrifying. It strikes fear through your heart, a chill down your spine. A really mean looking plane. I'm going to describe this to you, but if you want to have a look at it, we have just tweeted a picture at Wiz Radio on Twitter. You can have a look. So I took a picture just to remind me of this thing that caused me so much angst as a child. It's a plane. Its body is kind of browny, beigey colour. But then they've painted a face on it. On the front end of the plane, just before the pointy cone nose thing with the spinny propellers, there are a couple of eyes, very angry eyes. They're like sort of almost closed. They're squinting at you in a really angry way. And then there's a mouth underneath, wide open, not not smiling. Well, it kind of almost it is a smile, but it's a really menacing smile. Sharp teeth, really sharp, jagged all over this mouth. Combined with the angry eyes, this is one scary ass plane really really terrifying i don't know if i can do it justice with words so go and have a look at the picture i put on our twitter at Wiz radio a very scary plane just looking angrily intimidating at you as you walk into this museum like it's about to eat you or something and i remembered just before we went in that that was going to be there and i was like wow it's been a long time since i've seen that plane i wonder whether it really was as scary as i remember it being or whether i was just exaggerating and overreacting because i was young and we walk through the door and I see it. It's the first thing I see. My old nemesis. We're reunited. Me and the really scary looking plane. And 
yes, maybe it wasn't as pronounced a reaction as it would have been when I was five, but I saw this plane and it did still do something to me. I don't know what. It just, it brought something back. Something about the way it was looking at me just made me remember exactly how it felt when I was five, going to this museum on a fairly regular basis and walking in and being terrified of this really scary plane. Maybe I wasn't as scared as I would have been, but essentially nothing had changed. This plane still gives me the creeps now. So that is what I want to ask you this afternoon. When have you revisited old fears like me in this scary looking plane? And when you have done it, what's happened? How's it gone? Did it go well or were you like a new person, newly brave, you conquered it? Or was it exactly how it went the last time you had to face it and you were reduced to a a shaking, scared pile of nerves? This is what I want to know. These are the important questions this afternoon. So can you send me a message on 07807 183 538 or uh, drop us a message on Facebook, slide into the DMs, facebook.com slash wizardradio, Twitter, Instagram at wizardradio or send an email as well, station at wizardradio.co.uk. I want to know when you've revisited your old fears and how has that gone for you? Has it gone well or not? Do let me know. Send us a message. Whilst you do that, I'll get some tunes on. Khalid is coming up. First, Post Malone, Young Thug, his goodbyes. This is Alec Feldman, the podcast. New Khalid, right back. It's Wizard Radio. And before that, I played you Post Malone, Young Thug, goodbye. It's Alec here. Hey, hope Saturday's going well. On the way, some Sam Smith, some Lauf. Connect Force coming up before four o'clock as well. In the, in the meantime, right now, we're talking about revisiting old fears and how that's gone. I went to a plane museum in the week and saw a plane that I remember vividly from when I was growing up and I went there quite a lot. Really, really scary face. Horrible. Gave me nightmares at the time. Even now, it did make me quite uneasy just looking at it, at its big, grinning, horrible, evil face. Um, If you still haven't gone on to our Twitter to have a look, do it right now. It's It's a horrible plane. You need to see this for yourselves. Just so you know that I'm not totally irrational and weird being scared of a plane. At Wiz Radio, check it out. Got a message from Jamie to share with you first. When I was younger, he says, I went to Alton Towers with my family and they had a haunted house. Honestly gave me nightmares. Found it terrifying. Last year, I went back to Alton Towers for the first time in years and like you, wanted to see if this haunted house was actually that frightening. Genuinely. Scared me as much as it did when I was younger. It was so creepy and dark. From the second I went in, I wanted to get out of there. Well, you see, thing thing with that, Jamie, both of us clearly haven't really, I don't know, haven't really grown up clearly since our younger days when we were scared by these things, if they're having the same effect now. Yeah, I don't know really what that, that says about us. Maybe it's things we should work on, but I don't know. I'm not that fast. It doesn't really give me any issues other than when I see this plane. Probably same with you. As long as you don't go to the Alton Towers haunted house, you're fine. Also, in fairness, if a haunted house wasn't scary, it would be quite boring. So at least you got your money's worth and were actually scared by this haunted house. It must have been really scary if it still scares you now exactly the same as it did then. <laughs> Maybe you should give it a go. Sounds kind of cool. Also, uh, message from Mitch here. When I first watched Planet of the Apes, it was probably the scariest thing I'd ever seen. Uh, and then when I saw Freddy Krueger in A Nightmare on Elm Street as well. I recently rewatched both of those films. Planet of the Apes didn't scare me at all. And to be honest, I was disappointed in myself that I was so scared when I was younger. But Freddy Krueger is terrifying. 
The idea of someone like him chasing after me creeps me out so much. I suppose I should admit at this point, I don't know who Freddy Krueger is, but I'm going to Google him now just to see if he does look as terrifying as you say he does. And what specifically? Okay, it's a film character from A Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay, I could quite easily have believed that Freddy Krueger was actually an actor, a human being. Ooh. Ooh, no, I don't like that. Don't like that at all. If, like me, you don't know who this guy is, he's got really long kind of metal fingernail claw glove things. But also, his the skin on his face, it's all like, it's got loads of holes and gaps. It's really weird and fleshy and skinny and creepy and horrible. It's the kind of thing, I can't remember what they call it, but you know when you're scared of holes? It's kind of that's what it brings out in me the kind of goosebump reaction of when you see holes where there aren't supposed to be holes um again i'm gonna google that to find out what it's called because that's quite an interesting thing fear of holes tripophobia it brings out that in me his skin so yeah freddy krueger he is quite scary i would be scared by that i well not scared just uneasy it makes me feel weird i literally do have goosebumps now i don't like it so yeah fair enough i totally understand that one I wouldn't want him chasing after me, ever. Nice one, Mitch. Sasha says, My dad made a guy for Guy Fawkes once. Um, and we'll keep it in our spare bedroom in storage throughout the year so he could reuse it for Guy Fawkes night. We used to keep the spare, ro- spare room door slightly open the whole time. I remember being terrified when I went upstairs and would see the guy looking at me or if it had moved. That traumatised me. I'm still scared of scarecrows. And the thought of Guy Fawkes might gives me shivers because of it. Thanks, Dad. Oh, isn't that nice? A lovely bit of parent-induced childhood trauma. Perfect. I'm wondering whether should briefly explain Guy Fawkes for, for people that might not know what it is. Is it quite a British thing? I think it is. Guy Fawkes, basically, he was a guy in the, the 1600s-ish, 1700s maybe. Roughly. The olden days. He tried to blow up the House of Parliament, put loads of gunpowder, gunpowder treason and plot on the 5th of November. Uh, it didn't work. And now he's a national hate figure. And every 5th of November, we have bonfires and make a pretend Guy Fawkes model and then burn it and beat it up and that kind of stuff. It's all kind of weird when you put it like that. But that's what a Guy Fawkes is. So I'm just, it would just be this big model of a human being, maybe even kind of burnt because of all the, the bonfires. So just having that lying around your house staring at you in in the spare room i would imagine that would be kind of weird kind of scary if you're young don't really understand what it is why it's there you just know that in the spare room that's that's where daddy keeps the the model the scary man the scary dead man that would that would scar anyone for quite a long time you've ruined guy fawkes night sasha's dad what you're playing at he's going to talk about this in therapy one day he will it's all on you um, also, message from Holly I want to read as well. I remember when I was really little, I was scared of the jolly green giant from the green giant adverts. Do you know what I mean? No. There was something about him. I saw a green giant advert for the first time in ages a while ago, and it still creeped me out. I don't know why. <laughs> it's just a bit unnatural. Lol, says Holly. The green giant? No, that's not scary. He's, he always seems friendly. He just wants everyone to have some nice, delicious sweet corn. Yeah, he's smiling and everything. Look at that, he's so he's cute. There's nothing scary about the green giant. He's got some some leaves on to cover his modesty. Yeah, no, he's adorable. His his hair is also made of leaves, I've just noticed. 
I've never really paid him much attention before now, but I'm glad I have. But the green giant man, that's not scary, surely. He's just a, a charming little friendly sweet corn man. Anyway, thank you for all of your messages on that topic. I enjoyed them tremendously. Still to come, Connect Falls on the way. And next, I'm kind of in trouble. I need to read out a letter that I've been sent. Um, I'll tell you more after Sam Smith. This is How Do You Sleep. That was Sam Smith and How Do You Sleep on Wizard Radio. I'm Alec. And I'm going to play you loud when I'm in a second. But first, before we get onto all of that, there is quite an important matter that I I need to address. <clears throat> um, as you know, we play Connect Four every week at about 3.55. And when we start the game, I say something along the lines of, play the game. If, if I like your entry most, you can win. And then what I'll do is say what you can win. And usually the prize is something stupid and free or highly, highly conditional, such that um, most people would find it quite difficult to ever actually claim the prize from us. And um, as you'll hear in this clip from last week, it caught the attention of producer James, who is, is rather unhappy that I keep doing this. So let's just hear what happened last week. And this week... And this week, we've got a really, really incredible prize. If you win Connect Four this week, you will get a free outdoor swimming pool in your back garden. All you've got to do to claim that prize is go to Derbyshire, which is in the East Midlands in England, and and then you'll have your, your outdoor swimming pool. What a treat. Um, it, might, it might go away once all the water evaporates. But for the time being, you could win that. What a prize. It also not might necessarily be clean water. Just, you know, terms and conditions apply. So that's what you can have this week. James Gilmore, are you ready with the dictionary? I just feel the need to I just feel the need to clarify that prize. Alec is uh-huh. referring to the dam in Derbyshire, which is about to break. Wizard Radio Station will not actually be giving you a free outdoor swimming pool whatsoever. There are no terms and conditions because it's a fake prize. And Alec really needs to stop delivering things that A, we cannot, or promising things that A, we cannot deliver, and B, we've not pre-agreed, and C, that there are no terms and conditions for, and D, we are legally liable for. Thank you, Alec. So that was seven days ago. Since then, somebody has has been in touch, a Mr. Smedley, and they've sent me a letter, and I feel compelled, in many senses of the word, to read it to you. So, <clears throat> here, is, here is the letter I've received. Dear Mr. Feldman, I'm writing on behalf of my clients who claim you have seriously misled them by repeatedly lying on your radio show in offering prizes in competitions that you had no intention of sending out. There have been many such instances in recent months, and the prizes that have not been delivered include a free outdoor swimming pool, a lifetime supply of air, a free WH Smith voucher when purchasing other goods, and the love and affection of your parents. Not one of these prizes have ever been sent out, and therefore you have been lying to your audience. This is wholly unacceptable behaviour and an abuse of your position and I'm sure you will be aware of the severity of this issue. Offering prizes you have no intention of sending out is very poor behaviour 
and could likely result in very substantial damages being awarded, including items such as the love and affection of your parents and a special dinner on top of monetary compensation. However, I'm giving you the chance to redeem yourself and I demand that you cease and desist this behaviour with immediate effect and issue a full-on-air apology, after which we will be able to consider this unfortunate matter closed. Yours sincerely, Mr. P. Smedley. So, um, as you can hear, Mr. Smedley is a lawyer, and this is this is um, quite serious, and I don't want to have to award, well, pay out lots of compensation, so I would like to take this opportunity totally of my own accord and independently of anything anyone has said to me to apologise for offering stupid prizes on Connect4 that I can't actually give you because they don't exist or they're just really freely accessible to everyone and they're, they're not special. Everyone can have them whether you win or not and often, um, well, no one can have them because they're not real. Therefore... I'm, I'm sorry, and it won't happen again. And when we play Connect Four after Lauv and Lonely, there will be no prize on offer other than my respect. And that concludes this message. Thank you. Lauv and Amory with Lonely on Wizard Radio. It's Alec Feldman here, and it's time for Connect Four right now. So get your pens and papers and notes apps out because it's time to get creative with words. Hi, James Gilmore. Hi, Alec Feldman. We're going straight in this week. I'm coming to you straight away. Have you got the dictionary ready? I've got the dictionary, but just an idea. Have you considered yet telling your listeners what Connect4 is? I was going to get to that. Oh, well, there we go. We're on the same page then. It's fine. As long as we're on the same page. Cool. Was that pun intended? No, but now you pointed it out, yes. It was hilarious. My sides have literally split. So the reason James is there with his dictionary is because in a second, we're going to get him to flick through that dictionary until I say stop. When I say stop, we'll look to see what word is right at the top of the page. That is the word that we choose for one of our connect four words. There are four of them. That's why it's called connect four. You have to connect the four words in a really kind of weird, imaginative, creative kind of way. You write a story. That's what I want. Short stories with all four words in the story somehow you can incorporate them however you like make it as weird as you like generally the weirder ones are the ones i like the most and they are the ones that win and as previously established there is no prize for this game other than my respect which i will give you and you'll know that but other than that you can't have anything i'm sorry we got in legal trouble when i tried to give out sort of slightly rubbish prizes so we're not doing that anymore you can just have my pride if you have the connect four entry that i like the most Let's get the words. James, right. get flicking, please. I'm flicking. Okay. So uh, it's a very simple game. Lots of creativity involved. And it's it's a lot of fun, I would say. So get involved. Let's get the first word now. Stop. Okay, I've stopped. Your first word is... Oh, this is a very difficult page, actually. But we'll do this. Elope. Elope. As an E-L-O-P-E... Elope to run away secretly to get married is the definition. That is a great story prompt. Elope is the first word. Let's elope. go again. All right, flicking. How will you elope? That is the question. Maybe this will provide some light. Uh, stop. Okay, your second word. 
call, as in a phone call. Oh, cool, cool. C-A-L-L. Okay, I heard cool as in the Jonas Brothers song, so I'm glad no, you clarified. I said cool as in a phone call. Or who are you going to call? 118. Okay. We are also uh, an ambassador next. for the 118 platform. All right, flicking. No. Don't even know if it's still on, to be honest. No, me either, actually. Who's going to pay like £10 an hour? No, £10 a minute. There'll be for someone. There'll be someone. That's true. Usually old people. Anyway, stop. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. Uh, your third word is sleepwalk. Sleepwalk. Yeah. So that's two methods of moving yourself. You can elope or you can sleepwalk. I don't know what the significance of that is, but let's well, see what Well, you what could have up. been sleepwalking whilst you eloped. This is true. So much potential. Let's get the last word. All right, flicking. And stop hmm. now. Okay, your word is infect. Wow, lots of good verbs this week. We've got elope, we've got call, sleepwalk, and infect. How can you get all four of those war words into one story? It's entirely up to you. The world is your oyster. I don't know. You can do whatever you like. You have total creative freedom to make whatever weird story you would like, as long as it involves the words elope, call, sleepwalk, and infect. That's cool like phone call, not cool like the Jonas Brothers song, just for clarity's sake. Once you've done that, send it in to me on 07807 183538 or by email station at wizardradio.co.uk. We're playing Connect 4. The words are elope, call, sleepwalk and infect send them in i will pick my favorites at about 10 to 5 just before the show finishes this afternoon coming up next i'm going to play kaigo and also dominic fike after the latest news it's two minutes past four alec feldman on wizard radio recommended by doctors as part of a healthy diet great song from kaigo and whitney houston that was high love before that dominic fike and his his bow, 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 three night song it's alec feldman hi aj mitchell coming up soon First, let's go over to a part of the UK called Norwich. It's on sort of the weird bit of the UK, right in the east. There's like a little bumpy bit that sticks out, hasn't got much in it, about two sort of city town things and lots of fields. Norwich, probably most notable as being the home of Coleman's Mustard and Alan Partridge. That's kind of, that's kind of it, but not anymore because it's got a new amazing tourist attraction. It's in the cathedral. Now, um, maybe if you're of a certain age, you'll quite like going to cathedrals anyway. You'll think, ooh, local local culture, old building, all those cool stained glass windows, lovely. Count me in and you'll, you'll toddle along to this cathedral and have a look at some old stuff. And that's fine. But what if you want to bring a new generation of people in to to visit the cathedral but also to the church into the christian religion what do you do then well um norwich cathedral have come up with quite, quite an interesting i might not have quite got what i said norwich cathedral 
No. So, the news headline that I read about this cathedral, Norwich Cathedral Helter Skelter is a mis- mistake. You want to hear that one again? Just because it's kind of a weird combination of words together. Norwich Cathedral Helter Skelter is a mistake. That's a big fairground ride. You go up to the top and then it's a massive slide that goes all the way around. They've installed one of those in a church. I'm looking at a picture. It's huge. It's about maybe two thirds of the height of the whole cathedral. It's a tall cathedral. Two thirds of that right in front of the big stained glass window. That's where they've put it. It's bright, right, uh, bright red, white stripes. There's lights coming off it as well. It's incredible. They've just put this slap bang in the middle of a church. Why? I, I don't really know. I suppose just to, to bring people in. But it's it's incredible. It's just such a weird combination. It hasn't gone down entirely well. Um, a man called the Right Reverend Dr. Gavin Ashenden said uh, it's a mistake. And he thinks it's it's unprofessional to have a cathedral in the middle of this. Sorry, to have a helter-skelter in the middle of this cathedral. But uh, the, the very Reverend Jane Hedges... I think differs to that opinion because there's a picture of her on this news article having a go at the Helter Skelter, arms in the air, sliding down in the full like reverend outfit, collar and black robes and everything. It's brilliant. It's so funny and so weird. I'm a huge fan. Um, Gavin, like I said, he he doesn't look as fun. He looks more kind of angry and concerned. But it's it's brilliant. I think more places should be doing this. I. Just, just think about this for a second. Imagine going to this church. Imagine you're in the church. It's a Sunday. Maybe tomorrow. Do you go to church regularly? Probably probably not. Most people don't if you're of the Christian faith. But maybe tomorrow, if you live in Norwich, you should. Because you can be sat there on the pews. The, the Reverend Jane Hedges, she can be sat up the front doing her thing, talking about God and, and Jesus and morality, all the usual like... And, and some of us have sinned this week. And for those sins, we are eternally sorry. Whee! And there's just some kids going down the Helter Skelter mid-sermon, having the time of their life. How brilliant would that be? Just totally liven it up. And, and you know, Reverend Hedges might be stood there like, uh, uh, excuse me, we're, we're, we're concentrating here on, on the Lord and the holy day of rest. And we're just talking about our sins. And the, the kid's just like, so what? I want to go on the Helter Skelter. Could be great. I'm a massive fan. And um, if that's not enough, there's also a link to an article about Rochester Cathedral's crazy golf course. The church is really modernising these days. I'm a massive fan. Coming up next, a cool thing I learned about Blake TV shows. First, here's AJ Mitchell and Move On. That was AJ Mitchell and Move On. I'm Alec Feldman. Hi. Hope you're good. Um, sometimes I really like sharing... Just cool, kind of nerdy stuff that you learn. You see it on the internet and you're like, no, surely that can't be real. But it is, and it's really fascinating. And it's just one of my favourite things ever. Usually on Twitter, these things appear. Like... These really interesting threads. A chance to combine several of my, my sort of passions... Namely, The Simpsons, and a specific scene in The Simpsons that most people will be familiar with as Steve, Steve Hams. So, 
here's what I've learned. It's by a guy called Matt who put this thread on Twitter. He's from Canada. And he's talking about the fact that when they show The Simpsons in places like France or the, uh, the French-speaking bits of Canada, they have a special dub. So instead of hearing the normal voices that like America and the UK hear for, for Homer and Bart and Marge and all them, they hear you know, people doing the voiceover in that language. And there's two versions of the French version, which is quite cool. There's one for French people that live in France, and there's one for French people that live in Canada and Quebec. Because, um, basically, the Canadians don't like the way the French speak French and vice versa. So there's two versions of that, which is kind of interesting. And the way they have, they sort of convey things through the accents they choose. Like the Van Hootens, aka Milhouse's family. They're all kind of a bit hopeless. That's the joke about them in the show. And um, for the French audience, they convey that by giving them Belgian French accents. So make of that what you will. Um, but then in um, in Canada, in the Quebec version, the accent the Simpsons family speak with is like a sort of a working class Montreal dialect. And that conveys that they think the Simpsons are kind of, I don't know, working class or whatever. And I just think it's really, really clever the way they do stuff like that. They pay really close attention to detail. But the best thing I learned, because this also answers a question I've kind of been wondering, is that they also kind of regionalize some of the humor. So in The Simpsons, where they might make a joke about, I don't know, New York, in The Simpsons in France, they might make a joke about Paris, that kind of thing. And I think that's quite smart. And the clip that this guy has attached of the Twitter thread is one of my favourite ever Simpsons moments ever. And I've been looking for some kind of excuse to talk about this on the show for, for ages now because I think it's brilliant. It's the legendary steamed ham scene. If you've never seen it, the premise is um, Principal Skinner invites his boss, Superintendent Chalmers, round to his house for some lunch. Um, he's supposed to be making a roast. The roast gets burnt. So instead, he just buys fast food, pretends it's his own cooking, but also tries to pass it off that they're actually called steamed hams because he said he was cooking steamed clams because there was smoke coming out of his oven. He said it was steamed. Basically, lie upon lie. It's really funny, really well written. And there's a little exchange they've translated into the sort of Canadian French. So I'm going to play the clip of like the French version just so you can hear it. Then the English version, and then I'll tell you how it differs, because I think it's really clever. So let's listen to that. Inspector, j'espère que vous êtes prêt pour ces succulents hamburgers. Mais je croyais qu'on mangeait des clams à la vapeur. Oh non, j'ai dit des hams vapeur. C'est comme ça que j'appelle les hamburgers. Superintendent, I hope you're ready for mouth-watering hamburgers. I thought we were having steamed clams. No, no, I said steamed hams. That's what I call hamburgers. So what you've got there, he says, I thought we were having steamed clams. No, we're actually having steamed hams. Which, number one, I think it's quite cool that the joke kind of works in both languages. Because in English, they say steamed hams that rhymes with steamed clams. That's the joke. It's like, oh, you misheard. I said steamed hams, not clams. In the French, that also kind of works. It's not am, it's not clam vapeur. It's am vapeur. It still rhymes. The joke still works, which I think is really cool. I love it when jokes translate like that. I always wonder how that kind of thing works. It's probably just quite useful that the words for ham and clam, they use the same in that context, but it's cool. But also, the bit later on in the scene where he says, 
Oh, it's uh, it's from upstate New York. It's an Albany expression. That's why you've never heard anyone use the phrase steamed hams. In in the Canadian French version, they talk about Canadian places, the region of Lac Saint Jean. And he's like, huh? Well, I'm from Jean-Kier, wherever that is, and I've never heard anyone use the phrase. And then Principal Skinner, instead of going, oh, no, that's an Albany expression, he goes, oh, it's an Alma expression. Now, I don't know where these places are, but it's just, I find it quite cool in a really nerdy kind of way that they changed the language to make it fit, to make it funny. So people watching Quebec will be like, oh, that's funny. In the same way people watching in America will be like, oh, yeah, it's, it's an Albany expression, not Utica. Ha, ha, ha. Isn't that clever? But I, I wanted to share this because I love learning really nerdy, tidy, interesting facts like that. I haven't been this excited since I discovered that a kilogram was actually a literal lump of metal that they measure things against. This is on that kind of level of, wow, that's so cool to me, in my brain at least. And so I wanted to share it with you. Um, enjoy or don't. But it also meant I got to talk about my favourite ever scene from TV shows ever on the show and play a clip of it. So I'm happy. I hope you've learned something too. Translating The Simpsons, it's done and it's clever. Coming up next, Chris Martin's in a bit of trouble. I'll tell you why. After Ariana Grande and Social House, this is Boyfriend on Wizard Radio. And now, a story I read about Chris Martin this week. Chris Martin, the only member of Coldplay that anyone knows the name of. I think that's a fair claim to make. I couldn't name any other members. He's like the front man. He's the main guy. The guy that everyone's like, oh, Chris Martin, what a nice guy. Um, maybe some people might say he seems kind of boring, maybe? I don't know. Some might say... But he seems like a very, very nice bloke and used to be married to Gwyneth Paltrow until they consciously uncoupled. That's the Chris Martin context. That's who he is, if you didn't know. But he's, he's currently in a bit of bother because of a road-based incident. Um, apparently, his car, not, not him personally, I don't think he was at the wheel. It was actually uh, his driver. Ran over somebody's foot. Yeah quite quite unfortunate not a good position to be in it kind of makes him look silly even though he wasn't driving it makes him look bad because it's like oh who's your driver not very good clearly because they ran over somebody's foot um they were leaving studios for the tonight show with jimmy fallon and i don't know i don't know it's kind of messy maybe lots of cares lots of people around they're like oh my god it's chris martin he was also with dakota johnson at the time um and they're in the car Everyone's there. Everyone's like, oh, it's Chris Martin. The driver's like, quick, let's get away from these people. But I mean, maybe. I'm kind of just making this up. But this is how I imagine it unfolding. Driver's like, let's get away, Chris Martin and Dakota Johnson. I'll save you. Puts his foot down. Then, crunch. Somebody's foot goes under the wheel of the car. Lots of pain. They're like, ow, ow. And then, I don't know, they have to go to, to hospital because they might have broken their foot. Nasty business, you know. Quite unfortunate, kind of painful. Nobody wants to be run over by a car, especially not when it's Chris Martin. And you know now, much like the Prince Philip incident, that you've probably got them, kind of, forgive the crude phrasing, you've got to buy the balls, because they don't want this to make them look really bad, so they'll probably just give you loads of money to go away. That's what I'm, what I'm assuming happened with the Philip thing, probably, I don't know. And maybe, I'm making this up, by the way. This is not fact, this is just me wildly speculating. Probably what they're going to do as well. Just be like, okay, be nice. You can have lots of money. Just shh, shh, stop talking about the fact that our driver ran over your foot. And um, maybe there's money to be had here. This is entirely possible. So if you maybe 
could do with a bit of money. Maybe now is the time for me to set up shop as a no win, no fee, accident claims lawyer. That's right. Have you been in an accident that wasn't your fault? You could claim today and win big payouts. No win, no fee. If you want some money from famous people, then make your claims right now. Have you ever been injured by somebody famous? Um, that's what I'm asking. You probably haven't. I don't know how statistically likely it is that you'd be injured by someone famous. But it doesn't have to be in a direct way. Just like Chris Martin did not actually run over this woman's foot. It was just his driver. Have you ever been very, very indirectly injured by someone famous? Maybe you tried to copy something you saw on TV. You didn't listen to the disclaimers. You tried to imitate Power Rangers or what was that film? Jackass. And then it didn't go badly. You could, you could blame that on a famous person, potentially. There might be a claim there where there's blame. There's a claim. So get in touch with me right now. 07807 183538 is our celebrity claims hotline. 07807 183538. Or email us station at wizardradio.co.uk. Have you ever been injured by someone famous in an accident that wasn't your fault? Even if it's in a very, very distant, tenuous, barely linked way, we need to know about it because you could be winning money, cash, payouts. So give the Celebrity Claims Hotline a call now and we'll see what we can do for you. I'm going to play Sebastian Yatra now. Who is Sebastian Yatra? I didn't know, but now I do because I did lots of research and so I've prepared totally, completely, 100% factually accurate 60 second guide. Let's go. Alex, totally accurate, definitely not made up 60 second guide. You might not have heard of Sebastian Yatra before. I certainly hadn't. It got me wondering, how could such an unknown come out of nowhere and then collaborate with the Jonas Brothers? I have the answer. Sebastian Yatra backwards is in fact Artra Nate Saves. And then it all made sense. Arte Nate Saves is one of the most famous people in the world. It's often said, if you haven't heard of Arte Nate Saves, then you haven't lived. And it's true. Arte has been on the Forbes Rich List for the last 11 years, owns 17 houses across four continents, and is even allegedly in possession of the secret to good skin that dermatologists hate. Did Arte obtain his fortune through hard work? Exceptional talent? No, he used to be a builder until he had a very nasty accident on site and was given a payout of $50,000, which he invested in the stock market around the time of the dot-com bubble, got it out just in time. He has no musical skill whatsoever, but has enough money to pay someone to write the song for him and pay the Jonas Brothers to feature on it. And that's Sebastian Yatra, or Arte Nate Sabes, in 60 seconds. Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. Saturdays 3 till 5. Bazzy and IFLY before that. Sebastian Yatra and the Jonas Brothers with Runaway. It's Wizard Radio, and I'm Alec Feldman. Hi, thanks for having us on. Still to come, we've got Connect Four and Katy Perry to play soon. First, though... We've opened up the Celebrity Claims Hotline. Have you been injured in an accident that's not your fault by a famous person? It doesn't matter how distant it is. You could win big payouts. So um, now let's um, examine some of the claims. The hotline phones have been ringing off the hook. We've got some uh, cases to take up. So let's see what can be done. Aaron says, I've been waiting for a platform to talk about this very serious incident, Alec. You're welcome. This is the place to do it. He says, when I was in primary school, 
a few friends and I were trying to do the Cy Gangnam style dance. And whilst attempting to do the X with my arms, you know the bit. Oh yeah, of course I do. The like the up, up, up on Gangnam style bit. I got knocked in the balls. And it is probably the worst pain I've ever experienced in my life. I think you'd agree, Alec. If Cy had never made this dance, I would never have been injured. Where there's blame, there's a claim. You're right. I don't quite see the logistics of that injury. You were doing the X with your arms. You were... Does that come with a leg move? I can't really remember Gangnam Style because it was quite a long time ago. So you sort of do the arm thing and you're like waving them up and down. And you're also waving your legs up and down. How, do, how does any of that get anywhere near your nether region? I don't, I can't quite picture that. I'm not in a weird way, just I don't see how the accident occurred. But if you say that Psy indirectly through coming up with that song and the dance meant that you got injured in your knackers, then I think there's something that should be done about this. Justice needs to be served and I'll see what we can do. We can take this to the highest level possible and get you a big payout, hopefully, from Psy. Um, so I think that one's a goer. Next up, Victoria's been in touch with the Celebrity Claims Hotline. This is a bit of an awkward one, she says. When I was in primary school, there was a big news story about Jessie J shaving her head for comic relief. I think it was in 2012. I mean, yeah, Jessie J, it must have been quite a while ago. I was a big Jessie J fan. Not so much anymore, but that's that's not the point. Yeah, she's big in China these days, I hear. I went home, started cutting my hair off. It wasn't until my mum walked in to a load of hair on the floor and started screaming at me that I stopped. We had to go to the hairdresser immediately and she gave me a short haircut so it looked more equal. I know she did it for charity and everything, but I totally blame Jessie J for all of my awkward photos that year. Oh dear. Yeah, Victoria, that is a terrible, terrible situation that Jessie J got you in. Um because I'm sure she had a trained hairdresser to shave her head off. She she didn't make it clear that you couldn't just do it yourself. And so thanks to Jessie J's reckless behavior, that led you to having a really terrible haircut for the best part of a year because girl's hair takes a very long time to grow because it's long. And if you cut it off really short, it's gonna be a long time before it's anywhere near its original length. Therefore, Jessie J caused you not only damage to your appearance for a long time, she also caused you emotional distress significantly, presumably because of all the mockery that you would have faced for a really dodgy haircut as a result of a barber having to clean, well not a barber, a hairdresser having to clean up your own mess. And also the distress of your mum screaming at me, at you, not at me, at you, for all the hair shine on the floor. I think there's lots of grounds we could take legal action for that one, Victoria. So I think that one is a very good case. I think we should take it and run with it and see how much Jessie J is willing to pay out. And you know what? Who's she dating? Oh, what? He's really fit. Everyone fancies him. Is it Channing Tatum? That's the one. So maybe you can sue him as well. I'm not really sure why, but they're associated with each other. He's probably quite rich as well. Possibly more rich than Jessie J. It really depends how her career in China is going. But either way, Lots of money could be coming in your direction, Victoria. And obviously, in my direction as well, because I will be taking a hefty cut of all this claims money. No win, no fee. Yes win, big fee. That's how I operate. I'm sure that's fine with you, though. Uh, we do not have a, a verbal contract. Kian says, During the Olympics in 2016, 
My school had a long jumper come to my school to show off his skills and inspire us. Wow. Once he had shown us his long jump, uh, ladies, he told us to give it a try. So I went up and tried to do a long jump in our school hall, which is a stupid place to do a long jump in the first place, Kian adds. And I grazed my knee. <gasps> oh my God, that's awful. I don't remember the gate. <laughs> I don't remember the guy's name. I have no idea if he won any medals, but I blame him for my grazed knee. So is this an Olympic athlete we're talking about? It might be quite difficult just from the perspective of serving the legal papers to sue someone that we don't know the name of. But a long jumper that was in the Olympics in Rio 2016. Okay, we'll see what we can do. Um, if you can't remember their name or identify them in the lineup, what we might have to do is just sue every Olympic long jumper who has ever long jumped and been to a school. And one of them is bound to just settle to make it go away. So you could still be getting some money from that claim, potentially. I'll see what we can do, Kian. We need justice for your Grey's knee. That could have affected your life in a whole number of ways. Um, a really crippling injury. You might have not been able to slide along the floor for a while on your knees because it would have hurt too much and other terrible things that it stopped you from doing and really limited your activity for a while. We, we'll get you justice and a massive payout, don't worry. And um, the last claim on the Celebrity Claims Hotline uh, is from Eve. I fainted at a Little Mix concert a couple of years ago because when they went on stage, everyone screamed so loudly that I got a shock. It's funny now, it was obviously quite scary at the time, but I think I should get some compensation for them because it was direct reaction to them coming on stage that I fainted and fell. Yeah, that's extra dangerous because when you fell, you could have hit your head and obtained a, uh, a lasting injury. As well as the emotional distress of fainting and being shocked by everyone screaming really loudly at a Little Mix concert. Who would expect that at a concert with loads of teenagers, there will be lots of loud screaming and excitement when the band come on stage? Not me, that's for sure. There will be a massive payout for you somewhere along the line as a result of this eve we will get you justice and all will be fine um i think that's enough claims to be getting on with i do have now one two three four clients uh, so we'll fight those legal battles then maybe once we've won all of them which we will and i've taken my massive slice off the top of sort of not too much just 70 to 80 percent then we might open to some new customers but that's that's enough to be getting along with for the moment so thank you everyone that was the Celebrity Claims Hotline. And Connect Four's coming up next. Here's Katy Perry. New Katy Perry came out yesterday. That was small talk on Wizard Radio. It's Alec until five, which is in nine minutes time, if you like your maths, which means we have to do a very, very quick round of Connect Four that we can squeeze them because I spent too long talking about celebrity legal claims. And then I will be on my way. The four words this week that we got from James's Big Dictionary were elope, call, sleepwalk, and infect. And your job is just to get those into stories that you wrote about those four words. It's, it's really quite simple. And as established earlier on, if you were listening, um, there is no prize this week for winning the game other than um, my respect because of some legal issues that I have been having, which is kind of ironic given that I'm now also a no-win-no-fee celebrity claims lawyer. But, you know, the, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away or something. I don't know, whatever. Let's get on with it, shall we? First connection this week on Connect Four is from Alana. Remember, they have to feature the words elope, call, sleepwalk, 
and infect. Let's see what she has to say. Last night, I had a dream. I had a dream that I eloped with... I'm sorry, I eloped to marry my boyfriend. We ran away in the night, and shockingly, it took two days for anyone to call to ask where we were. But the dream turned into a nightmare, because it turned out that my husband, well, my husband after I married him, was trying to infect me. He had a deadly disease. He was a sleepwalker and had to marry me to pass on his infection. Wow. That should be the plot of a Hollywood movie, that. That's inspired. I think that's a great, great story. As for the Connect Four words, what have we got? Elope became eloped, so we got that in there in a slightly modified form. Um, what else? To call to ask where we were. Yeah, that was cool. Sleepwalk. He was a sleepwalker. Again, you kind of changed that one, but I think these are quite difficult ones not to change. So I'm going to let that slide this week. The slight changing of words and tenses and quantities and blah, blah, blah. Had to marry me to pass on his infection. The word was infect. You've got infection and it kind of it's, it's good enough for this week. And I think the plot line of that is really good. It should be a Hollywood blockbuster. I'm a big fan. Thank you, Alana, for that one. That was entry number one. Next up, Charlie has been on Connect Four. His connection is this. When I was younger, I woke up in the middle of the night to find my brother sleepwalking. There's your sleepwalk. This was before I found out you're not meant to wake someone up if they sleepwalk. And his reaction was really bad. I thought he had an infection or something because his mouth started foaming. It was really scary. I had to call my mum to find out what to do because she was on holiday with her boyfriend. Turning him into her husband. Yes, they eloped and left me and my brother with some useless babysitter. Well... Um, I kind of hope that story is fictional because if it's not, I'd be calling social services. But also, that's that's again, I love the drama of it. It's great. A sleepwalker, foaming at the mouth, incompetent babysitter, eloping mother. What's not to like about that? Um, and we got the four words in, sort of, in slightly modified form as well. Um, she was more than blah, blah, blah. Yes, they eloped. We've got infected because his mouth started foaming, had to call the mum. And the brother was sleepwalking. There's all four words. Another quality entry. Thank you very much, Charlie. I only got time for one more this week. Uh, because Mars Mikulski will get very upset if I eat into a show with dumb games. Sean says, when I'm older, I want to elope. It's the most romantic way to get married and an amazing way to start a relationship. Imagine running away and getting married without anyone else knowing. And having a call with your family to tell them the good news. Surely anyone receiving that phone call would be happy for you. It's not like other people have their own lives. I'm being sarcastic, by the way. Imagine if you phoned to tell them you got married and they responded. Well, all your family have a really bad infection and your brother died while sleepwalking. Maybe it's a good idea to tell everyone when you get married to avoid an awkward situation. Uh, um, okay. What, what's going on there? I feel like I need to go through that one again. I'm quite confused. He starts out by saying eloping is the, the best way to get married. It's really romantic. You have to call your family to um, tell them the good news. But then if you do elope and call your family to tell them the good news, you run the risk that they'll actually give you bad news at the same time, that everyone has a bad infection and your brother died sleepwalking. I don't really think that's a huge risk of eloping to get married. I have to say, they'd probably tell you that kind of stuff anyway without you having to call them first but I, I see that you view that as a risk and fair enough it's 
I mean, that one's just all over the place, isn't it? In a brilliant, random, crazy kind of way. I actually quite like it. I think that's a strong contender. We had Sean and his eloping and sleepwalking and dying of sleepwalking brother. Kind of dark. We had Charlie and the brother and the parents that eloped and the sleepwalking and the foaming at the mouth. Or we had Alana, who also eloped, um, but her husband was trying to pass on his sleepwalking disease to her. Who is the winner of Connect Four this week? It's a tough one. I think it's going to have to be... It's got to be Sean and this really weird message about telling your parents that you eloped to get married and then discovering that your brother died of sleepwalking. Just because it's weird and dark and kind of confusing. And I like that. So well done. You are the winner. You don't get any prize other than my respect. I respect you, Sean. There you go. There is your prize. Thanks for playing, everyone. I'm done for another week. Thanks very much for listening. If you've missed anything, check out the podcast. Just search for Alec Feldman on the podcast. You'll find it. And Miles McCorsey is coming up next. I'll play Jax Jones when I finish, which is now. There goes another episode of Alec Feldman, the podcast. Wasn't that some great content? Come back next week for more audio-based fun. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.